0: The Batman Book Club, a podcast exploring the Dark Knight Library. I am your host, Ryan Lauer. The Batman Book Club is a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by Batman on Film. Just go to batmanpodcastnetwork.com for a whole list of other bat-related shows that also love to dive into other nerdy topics that we all love to frolic about in our free time. Thank you for tuning in to episode number 66. Wow, already. Ego. And joining me on the show for the very first time from A Broadcasting is Mr. Micah Ramey. Micah, thank you for coming on the show and welcome.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It is an honor to be on the show.
0: Pish, posh, stop it, sir. You've done done many more things that are much more important than beyond the Batman book club. I don't
1: know about that, you know. No?
0: Okay. All right. Well, I mean writer of The Long Halloween, the movie, did like one of my tweets once. So this is a
1: pretty big deal. What am I even doing on here? I mean, you still have time to just cut me out and get (laughs) someone else on if you want. You know, we're not that far into it.
0: Well, it was a competition. I pulled a name out of a hat and you won. So congratulations. (laughs) Um, Now, for anybody not familiar with Colonnaie Broadcasting, why don't you go ahead and give us a a little summary of what what is A Broadcasting?
1: Of course, I would love to. Thank you um calling a broadcasting is just something that a passion project of mine that i've always wanted to do um i was in broadcast journalism in high school and that was easily my favorite hobby uh pastime like even outside of school it's i thought about new videos i wanted to make and um our teacher really wanted it to be like a news show like we interview coaches interview teachers scholastic events and i didn't do any of that i kind of just made my own personal videos like i made uh like tip videos like how to ask a girl to homecoming, (laughs) um, how to be a senior, how to treat freshmen. So I always was in that content creation kind of space. But um, when I joined the military, I didn't have a lot of time for a while. So um, earlier this year, I kind of finally had that first little bit of time. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm tired of waiting. Started my own little uh, media thing on YouTube. And um, I kind of just wanted a name that was broad so I could Mm do more than just one thing. You know, like I have a music podcast, Vinyl Voyage, a gaming podcast, Tilted Cartridge um if some of you guys listen i'm sure you maybe have seen one of my ramey reviews i do so yeah that's pretty much it
0: very cool you got the whole did did you almost feel intimidated to start it yourself and you finally just said i just need to launch it
1: yes yes (laughs) i was really intimidated like for a while i was like i don't know if you could do this like i don't you know have you you lost all your your spunk and uh, what you knew in high school because i mean i was pretty decent with adobe premiere um i wasn't the best but i was pretty good and I lost all that information and like just relearning everything this year has been a, a great experience yeah. and it was very intimidating, but not you kind of get into the groove of something. It's really not that hard once you start doing it. So yeah, yeah I'm, I'm happy in, to be here. I'm in no way an expert on podcasting, but I mean, that was the best advice
0: that I got. I just kept thinking about it over and over and asking people questions. So I'm like, There's ser- there must be so many things that I don't know how to do. And then it was finally somebody who was just like, just shut up and do it yeah okay and then i finally did and yeah that's that's just like basically the biggest the biggest step just get it started then you're off and running
1: yeah apparently Um, i'm good enough to be here now so i'm going somewhere
0: (laughs) you are you've made it way to go old young chum whatever you know (laughs) (laughs) young chum uh before we get into talking about about the book for this episode i would would like to ask you since it's your first time on what is your favorite batman story
1: you know, whenever you send me that in the email, um, mm-hmm. you sent it to me today. So I did not have a lot of time to think about it. Well, actually, I did have a lot of time. I should have kind of already thrown that in my notes. But the first story that came to my head was Batman Year One. All right. Um, I love not just Batman at an early stage, but I just... What makes Batman so unique? He's not a superhero, right? Mm-hmm. You have all these different superheroes with powers and everything. And that's always... That's fun. It's not that it's not um, intriguing. But to me personally... The best thing about batman is that he's a human and the human stories are the ones that really draw me in and batman you're one i mean just look at batman again such a huge influence for that film as well um but i just love the stories that where batman is vulnerable he has a lot of weaknesses he is human humans are um inherently flawed in a way and i just love the stories that kind of evoke that kind of tone and message
0: i don't think there is a batman story that's more grounded than batman year one yeah (laughs) it's definitely the most grounded he's uh a rookie he's making tons of mistakes uh that's i mean obviously there's a reason why it's one of the greatest and some consider the greatest batman stories of all time so uh good choice thank you well done um, Would have been bonus points for the long Halloween, but whatever. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> uh,
1: I do like that. I do enjoy it. <laughs> uh,
0: very cool. Great. Well, today's issue, issue book that we're going to talk about is Batman Ego, written and illustrated by the one and only Darwin Cook. It was released as a one shot in 2000. It's been collected and re-released in a hardcover, in a trade paperback, in a hardcover deluxe edition just a few years ago. It's available digitally, and it is on DC Universe Infinite. Uh, Which version do you have, and did you read for this episode to prepare?
1: I have, I know people can't see, but I'm going to show you anyways. I have Batman, Ego, and Other Tales. Um, it has like Darwin cooks his run on his little thing he did with Catwoman mm-hmm. and a bunch of other small short stories. But yeah, I, ju- I just read that version of Batman ego. So.
0: Is is that a soft, is that a trade or is it? A yeah, hardcover? it's soft. Yeah. It's okay. soft.
1: Yeah. Cause
0: I have, I think 2007 was the first hardcover release in which it was ego and other tales. And that's the version that I have, but that is, I was not able to go and get that out of my, out of my archives. So okay. um, I checked it out through the, Hoopla app, which I constantly remind people of on this, that it's basically a free digital library. Uh, I checked the deluxe edition out um, and have, and so read it digitally for this, which has a, the other stories, like you said. It has an introduction by Amanda Connor. It's got yeah. an afterword by Darwin Cook that he wrote um, about a decade ago, um, a few years before his untimely death, RIP. And, and before we get into ego, definitely in this, I have to mention, because a lot of people don't know the story is there's one called Deja Vu okay. in this collection. And it is basically a retelling of Detective Comics 439, Night of the Stalker, that is or was Cook's favorite Batman story. And he kind of did a a a, a new version, a, te- a contemporary version of it. And it is definitely one of my favorite Batman stories of all time. And Batman doesn't say any dialogue. It's collected in this story. Actually, that book, Ego and Other Tales, is how I came across it for the first time. And it is in fantastic like i don't even know 10 page story maybe 12 page story. did you read you've read all the way through do you know what i'm talking about
1: i did yeah i know exactly what you're talking about okay do you like that story yeah it's cool all right cool it was in black and white for me i believe really maybe i'm thinking of something else um
0: you might i think you i mean you might be thinking of something else i love it because i think that the art and the coloring all the shades look fantastic and it's got such a great uh there's one panel in it specifically that I just love where he's in a, he's in a tree looking at the, um. let's see, I'm showing him now. I don't know if you can. Oh it. yeah. I think that, I did that it. where he's in a tree and the color of the sunset and everything is great. And he looks awesome. And it's like, that's just one of my favorite Batman panels of all time. But anyways, we're not here to talk about deja vu. We're here to talk about Batman ego. Now, Micah, uh, when was the first time, do you remember the first time that you read this story?
1: First time I read this story, it was l- last year. Okay. I to no, know. actually it was 2019. Yeah, we're in 2021 now. Um, my dad sent it to me because that was when the Batman was ramping up in uh, production. And he, he heard that Matt Reeves is very influenced by this. I know, I think, I think it was in an interview. Can't remember who with. He referenced Batman Ego. And uh, so he sent it to me. And obviously I'm really excited for the film and I wanted mm-hmm. to kind of understand where Matt Rees was drawing from for inspiration. So I, that's when I read it and I, <laughs> I know one of the questions we'll get into later and I'll, I'll answer this again in the same way, but I just, after reading this, it's just, I've, you've ne- I've even with Batman year one, you have never really seen that much of a deep dive into Batman's psychosis. Yeah. You know, you see mm-hmm. him like his, his physical weaknesses a lot you never really get to see those mental weaknesses and mental scars that he's carried with and that he kind of leaves in the, the background of his mind and neglects. And just after reading it for the first time, I was just blown away. Like how, like there's, I personally, maybe there's others out there, but I personally have never seen like Batman's how weak he can be mentally, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like he's an apex of a person physically, obviously still makes mistakes because he's a human, Mm -hmm. but mentally he's got a lot of baggage. (laughs) <laughs> that yeah he carries around
0: definitely and so i actually think so you know i always go from that question into the next one of like why did you choose batman eagle but i think you i honestly think you just answered it whether you had yeah. to or not you just kind of answered it and that's that's very cool and i think probably when i bought this in 2007 that was also the first time that i read it but i'm totally with you on it stands out on a purely uh, it's a um, what are, a psychosis issue yeah like you said it's all it's an internal issue and it definitely screams like this would almost be a scarecrow story.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But
0: it's, but it's not. And I mean, Batman even references towards the beginning of like, was it scarecrow? Did, did he get some of his talk, to- uh, some of his toxin? But um, I, yeah, I love that the approach to this is so unique in which it's funny because it's actually, it was Cook's first project for DC and he even called it. Uh, I thought that I wrote it down he considered ego an earnest yet flawed first effort. And I think that's just, that's so wild, but that, that also speaks to how humble he can be that he's, that he wasn't mm-hmm. throwing it around. Of like, I wrote ego. Instead. He's just like, <laughs> Oh man. Like,
1: That'd be kind of coincidental a- if he had a ego about this. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but the fact that that's so wild that artists, you just don't know
0: how your work will be perceived. You know, and there's plenty of things you're you're shooting for it one way and people take it another way. And and here, it's like he had an idea that he presented and he's like, it's flawed. It was a good attempt, but it's flawed. There's so many people that this story makes their top 10 Batman lists like people adore Batman ego. They love Batman ego. And it's it's great, too, because I don't know the last time that I read this. It's been a couple of years. Uh, So it was I was really excited to read it again because of that. And I didn't really remember too much even. And I'm like, well, that's exciting. Cause I've clearly yeah. read this like five times or something in my life, but I just, I didn't really remember it.
1: And it's a quick read too. It's it's really yeah. easy to digest and just read it in like 20, and- 30 minutes. And then just, you know, as soon as I finished it, I just kind of just sat there. I was just like, wow. Well,
0: I really took my time with it. The first, the first read through it. And I really, which is so funny that you mentioned of, uh, that it was, a, that it's a quick read. And yet I tried to sneak in another, a second reading and I couldn't. Cause yeah. I, adulting and responsibilities and all that all that crap but <laughs> but you I can get a lot of a lot out of this and I think I mean if, I guess we'll just start with like the inciting incident sure let's start with the inciting incident okay. and how there's um Buster Buster snibs he uh, he great name
1: it's the most henchman <laughs> name I've ever heard in my life
0: <laughs> it's the, the greatest name that we've heard in a Batman comic yet uh he he ratted out the Joker to Batman. Batman forcefully um, actually had him rat out the Joker on like a, Mm -hmm. a bot or a robbery for the next night in which Buster, he, he managed to get out as Batman took down the Joker and the goons. And he, he ran away with the money and Batman chases him. And Mm -hmm. we see it's almost as if it's, it's cool how it's written as if it's like a journal, but it's actually just internal monologue. Yeah. Uh, in in cursive and like it's written in that way. And he's talking about how he's feeling and chasing him and stuff. And this is, and this whole inciting incident is important on many different levels, but he's, he's chasing after him. This is just to him. It's like, this is another, another goon that has no respect for my city. And he's speaking very uh, authoritative and like, he's, he's got no Fs to give. Like this guy is bad in which the guy at the end, he, you know, he just says that, uh, the Joker knows that I ratted him out. He knows that he's going to get out of where of Arkham and he's going to come find me and he's going to come get me. Mm-hmm. I can't let him do that. I can't let him go after my my wife and child. So I killed them both. And then says, I'll see you in hell and turns the gun on himself.
1: Which really set the tone for the story.
0: That's that was I, I, yeah. wild. I can't believe that I kind of even forgot that that's how this story really began. I knew totally yeah. of the... Of the the almost Krampus kind of Batman throughout the story but the <laughs> yeah the beginning part with old Buster I kind of forgot and I was like oh crap because Darwin Cook you know I I always think of his art and I think of New Frontier and almost like oh yeah Cook he went with like you know golden age looking lighter superhero fare and it's like actually not yeah really. not really and uh yeah. five pages into this kind of proves that and I just think that, that 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 right there is is one great part to start this story to where we're going. Of it's Batman chasing down a crook, he the crook would rather kill himself than Batman take him in, uh, and the effects that that leaves, like, what that does to Batman from here on out throughout the story, or even Bruce, we'll say Bruce, yeah, because Batman's chasing him when he kills himself, Bruce like. Bruce arrives, basically. Yes. And that's the takeoff of the story. We have Batman and Bruce Wayne colliding. Yeah. I love it.
1: (laughs) I love it, too. I'm right there with you. Um, I noted that in uh, my uh, notes as well, how it was written in cursive. The beginning almost kind of seems like a... um, traditional kind of batman graphic novel or any comic yeah. where he's just narrating oh, this is my city all the scum blah 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 like yeah, the normal, yeah. it seems very uh like atypical or standard for a comic book fair. but as soon as i love the transition into when people start talking and it's in print it's easily easily legible and i don't know if he did this intentionally but some of the cursive isn't too easy to read and i don't know if he mm. was trying to maybe imply that trying to hint at early on that Batman was suffering mentally maybe a little bit, maybe he's on edge or he, uh, his anxiety levels are really high. I'm not too sure if I'm looking too far into that, but I kind of noticed that. And I love when you said whenever Buster shot himself mm-hmm. is when Bruce arrived and you could see that visibly in one of the panels with how shocked he looks. And I just love how, it, um, even Batman, you know, he left home, he, he traveled the world for perspective and even when he comes back as a Batman, he still lacks a lot of that perspective because he's talking about how Buster's this terrible guy. He, um, in one word, what does he say? What does he say? He says something terrible about him. He says he's like some low life uh, or morally yeah. bankrupt. Yeah. He the words morally bankrupt. And I think mental health obviously is a huge theme of the novel, but I think everyone, every character in here is suffering in some way mentally and Buster Batman sees him as this awful guy just low-life henchman selling out his family or whatever but actually he did what he thought personally was best for his family because he knew the Joker was going to do something terrible to them yeah and he even says like I couldn't allow myself for that to happen so I shot them myself and then I killed myself you know and Batman won't even let him kill himself you know it's just it's weird seeing the two different perspectives and Batman is not just the the goody two shoes, the guy always in the Mm -hmm. in the right, you know, he can be wrong. So I'm glad you mentioned that, too, because I want to before we
0: move along that I love that we get Batman talking about this guy last night. I had him tell me that basically in he said it in a better way, but I had him rat out the Joker um and we see a frame like that but then like but then Buster even says after Batman pulls him after he saves him pulls him up he said last last night you threatened to drop me off a rooftop and tonight you stopped me and it's just like can't make up your mind and so that's kind of one too of like that's true like that sound like th- that to me just clicks really almost confusing on if Yeah. If Batman, Bruce, whichever is really listening to that, it's like, yeah, what kind of what message are you delivering here? And then to go in that right after that is where you have him turn it on himself. And then that's such a wake up call too. of I just drove this man to not only kill himself, but kill his wife and child. And that's pretty and I'm not going to say like that's messed up. Like it's just like, wow, that's a that's a thinker.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's a it lot sounds to like take something that—that's the Joker kind of intended. Like, this guy's—if he rats him out, then you know I'll just—I mm-hmm. now have an excuse, even though the Joker doesn't really need one. Okay. I now have an excuse to kill his family and kill him. And if he doesn't rat him out, rat me out. What does it matter? You know. Mm-hmm. So sounds like something maybe Joker had up his sleeve. I don't know.
0: Uh, and I, I love the quick let's we see what's playing in his in his head as he is flying through in that kick-ass old school batmobile
1: and oh yeah
0: he thinks of hugo strange's diagnosis of batman and then he hear and then he's thinking of a time that the you know the the mayor is not in favor of batman and so he's really just like like that's just kind of running through himself, which I think we can all relate to, not to that extremes, but times like we doubt ourselves, we're thinking like something that somebody said about us is weighing on our minds. And we're starting to like, almost like we're really starting to beat up ourselves over this. And I think it's for sure. Cook really has this working really well where Batman doesn't say a word of dialogue, um, but it's just really played out so well here. Kind of his state of mind where he's going. He's spiraling at this point. Yeah. To, to where he gets to the cave and he confesses to a picture of his parents that he puts up on his big uh computer.
1: God, you know, I, I just, love that panel. I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, 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 you're good. I just wanted to stay at the part where Batman he's driving the Batmobile and he just keeps you see the speedometer, odometer keep going up and it just keeps going up. And then eventually you see Buster again. I'll see you in hell, you mass lunatic yeah and then he's going 150 and he just slams on the brakes. and I don't know if this was intentional, but it reminded me of uh, in the dark night where Batman's on the bat pod and he's driving at the Joker beating <laughs> up <laughs> 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 Then he just gets knocked out for some reason, but whatever. Um, but yeah, then he, he gets back and he's just staring at his parents and it seems like like it mentions that that's something he does often where mm-hmm. he talks to them, uh, like kind of his his sanctuary or his his therapy in a way. I hear and... Kevin
0: Conroy, mask of the phantasm talking to his parents, tombstone. Yeah. For some reason, that's just what, that's how I feel slash felt with, with the reading. This. Yeah. And i and I don't know. It's effective. Okay, it is. So, I, mean, I don't know. We're 20 pages in. It's effective. It's effective. I need to come up with some, some other word. So I just <laughs> say it's really effective and it's cool. It's really cool. It's, it's deep, man. It's really deep. You it know? is deep. You know, um, but then so this is like my this is such a good uh we're going there by darwin cook of like what's ego about yeah get him waking up and there is batman on the screen telling him to wake up you think you know pain you coward i will show you pain and then that's such a big kind of like almost like mind f of like wait what
1: yeah what's what a story? great opening panel if you turn <laughs> the page all you see is you fool on the last panel. You turn the page and you just see Ego and this giant Batman on the screen. You're like, what the hell is
0: yeah. going on? Where are we going? Yeah. Where are we going, Darwin? But I'm in. And I mean, we don't have to go through every single panel and such, but yeah, this is as you get through here. Um, well, I love the whole. It's we come to realize even if as much as confused as we are, because he he becomes the ghost of Christmas past, basically. In which it's even, and I saw this in looking it up online and reading about this story that there's at one point Bruce calls this Batman an, an undone potato, which is a reference to a Christmas Carol. It's like a direct line that, um, oh, Scrooge, okay, that Scrooge says to um, his former partner's ghost, uh, Marley. Is it Jacob Marley? I don't know. Um, his old partner. We'll just say that. Um, but we're like discover here that like, okay, I get what's going on now that this is because many of us have said or have said before and we saw demonstrated uh i think subtly in the animated series but we really saw it in nolan's dark knight trilogy of there's public bruce wayne there's private bruce wayne and there's batman and this is a clash of that private batman or private bruce and batman and this all this may be like I'm not trying to speak in hyperbole, but like the greatest demonstration of that internal battle. Yeah. I think. because That, that Batman, I've
1: read, I would agree.
0: Yeah. And this, I mean, we get what in his mind, maybe deep down what what Bruce's perception of what Batman is may not be the whole story. Maybe he might be projecting on what he thinks Batman is as opposed to what Batman is starting to become. And I feel feel like that goes that this discussion of his their conversation totally goes back to that inciting incident. That's not just him chasing a goon. It's reading that dialogue of what he's saying. You're getting this almost a whole Batman instead of the one that is trying to inspire hope. Instead, he's all about fear and scaring the hell out of people. And that's his focus. And it's like, but that's not what you wanted Batman to be.
1: You wanted that to be an
0: element of him but you didn't want that to be what Batman is.
1: Um, yeah, the, I'm talking a lot segway, now, so I'll go ahead yeah. and hop right in. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to segue off you. Um, I loved how you broke all that down, but in, in most Batman stories, what is it? It's Br- Batman is his true face, and Bruce Wayne is a mask. I know that's like a huge thing at the end of Batman Begins. Yeah. But I love how this novel dies into there's there's a mask for Batman and Bruce Wayne, and there's a true side to Bruce Wayne and Batman. Like they They aren't inherently the same person whether or not they're trying to be the ultimate version of that character or personality. Mm -hmm. Um, There's almost like a, like two kind of split personalities going on. You kind of touched on that a little bit where um, there is a true version of Batman or what he wanted Batman to evolve into, but he's like slowly slipping away and this darker side is always kind of combatant with him, this internal strife going on. And I just think it's, Really neat. I was going to use cool. but I don't use the same adjective again. Really neat. <laughs> I love it. That's a how... beaver.
0: Like oh, that's, that's really neat, dad. Gee golly. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: how we get to see like Bruce Wayne, isn't just, you know, this made up persona that he just, it's not this character. And then yeah. Batman is ultimately who he is. Like he is both, you know, and mm-hmm. I love that. How they die Or how cook dived into that. For sure. And I don't
0: always need a ton of like flashback scenes. uh, But I think that this one, this one's really interesting because it doesn't, it doesn't show its hand. Right. When he says like that Christmas, remember, and then explain what the point of the whole thing is. It was, I remember that Christmas, Bruce, it was the first day we met and it's pages before we even understand what he means. And so I found it even intriguing this time. Cause like I said, the whole, the whole book was kind of fuzzy to me for some reason. And so it was exciting for me to really just take it in. And, and it was like when he, when Bruce gave his dad a gift and it was a tie and I'm like, was this a story where his dad wasn't impressed with the gift or something? And then I kept reading like, no, that's not it. And so then the pearls came out and I'm like, oh, okay. But I don't remember Mm -hmm. how the pearls play a part in this story. And then we kept going and Bruce accompanies his dad to, the doctor to go and try and save a life. And, and then I was like, okay, so, okay. So he witnessed a death. So maybe this is the first time that he saw somebody die. And apparently that scared the shit out of him. And then I, then Batman's voice comes back into play. And Mm -hmm. I just think like, it's so cool there to try and analyze, like, what does he mean here? And it says, when your mother closed that door, you weren't alone. I was there with you. Faceless, nameless. But I could feel you and that night you could feel me too and it's still since I didn't remember what was going on I'm like oh shit what was it I'm I'm trying to think because it's definitely I think Cook is building it up towards something internal which is always it's kind of fun because it's he's just building it up before revealing what it is and ultimately he you know and he's he says basically that it, it was fear yeah and then it was just kind of like that was such a great reveal to me and then it had me go back and read this now knowing what the end point was let me read and see what this is and it's like that's bruce like and then to me in a lot of people they would think like that's batman begins because fear was the theme of batman begins and there's so many elements between fear or the connections between fear and batman and fear and bruce wayne and i I think like that is being almost like the basis of this. It's really instrumental in the idea of Batman and what he wants Batman to be.
1: And I agree. Yeah, it's keen. Everything fear fuels everything Batman and Bruce Wayne does and doesn't do. You know, he doesn't kill people because one is moral code, but he also he's afraid of what he will become. Um, he instills fear into criminals, you know, mm-hmm. it's fear is the the drive for everything that he does, you know, and I think if if fear is the ultimate emotion that is driving you to, to deciding helping you decide every decision you make, and every action you choose to take, uh, eventually, that's probably going to build up at some point. And that's probably why he's experiencing this uh, out of body Christmas Carol ish experience, yeah. you know, So for
0: sure. And yeah. And I, and I love that too. And uh, I think you're very on point and that's where I feel like that's cook's point also of as the Batman uh, goes through the past, I'm losing track of the word, but he gives a refresher on, remember at the beginning, it was great because we were using this and we would take all the pain and all the rage and all the fear that had been bottled inside you. And we would share it with those who deserved it. And that is the point where you would like fist in the air and be like, hell yeah, take it to them. Cause they're superstitious and cowardly lot. And it's, it's great. <laughs> and, and they have the page that you could go, you could go no dialogue on this. Uh, I think it says on here, I don't know. It's like page 43 or something, but, and it says for a short time, it was perfect. And you've got Batman running in the background and you see that there's a Gotham times newspaper that says one man war on crime. And it's kind of given you the, this yeah. is Batman's early days, how he's being effective. But then, like you just said, of if that's your that's what you're using for every decision. If that's what you're using for every decision, uh that's that's just not good. You need to get like put it in check. That needs yeah. to be cool. That doesn't need to be your main your main weapon,
1: I guess. Or your yeah. Own. yeah. That's gotta be mentally draining. You know, yeah, it's instilling fear, motivated by fear, afraid of what you're going to become, of what you're going to do, of what you could do, you know it's mm-hmm. I just love the mental dive into Batman in this, you know, a lot of it's neglected, just like Bruce is neglecting a lot of the internal strife within him. I think mm-hmm. a lot of writers, maybe not purposefully, it's not their fault, you know, it just wasn't the arc they wanted to go with, but it's cool how on cook's like first real Batman story he chose. Yeah. I'm going to dive into a uh, Batman psychosis. Like no one's ever done before. So yeah. I,
0: and neither of us are claiming that there isn't a story yeah. before this, but I'm having a hard time thinking of one that has as much emphasis as the story does, you know, and displays has it on display as much as, as ego. Cause 85% of ego is, this conversation this back and forth in which i love that he takes us real quick and dives on you know we get a hugo strange scarecrow catwoman penguin and eventually we get to the big kahuna himself joker yeah and i love the whole i mean this is totally batman 89 i made like you made me you threw me in the vat of chemical and again that takes us right back to the beginning of like this is how batman in a way in a six degrees of separation sort of deal almost like you're responsible for an innocent woman and an innocent child being killed and their killer killing himself like you're you're kind of responsible for that because as this batman in this conversation even says of like we created the monster and then we get that that the whole red hood story that we all know so much and we created that monster and it's
1: no, I'm with you. it seems like the batman like he he's the he's not just the more evil side and bruce is the, the the good side he it sounds like he's willing to take up and own up what he did you know we created him we need to end him and bruce's moral compass isn't allowing that so it's not just like like batman brings a really good argument it, it's a it's a conversation it's not just one person's right one person's wrong and that's also really intriguing because i mean he doesn't kill joker and that's like the the always going and going on conversation is you keep letting these people, you keep putting them back in Arkham, they're just going to escape and kill more people. Why don't you just end their life? And that's mm-hmm. just something. It's so integral to the character of Bruce Wayne and Batman that he will not do. Um, it also allows characters and villains to keep uh, exist so you can get more stories. So <laughs> I don't know if that's on purpose. But um yeah. I think all that's intentional. I love the conversation. I just love how Batman brings up a lot of really good points that kind of jab at Batman, uh, Bruce Wayne's philosophy, poke holes into it. And mm-hmm. Bruce doesn't really, I wouldn't say he really patches them up. He's just like, yeah, you know, like I just yeah. don't kill. It's just something I don't do. There's no real definitive answer for a lot of it. It's just something he just doesn't do. And I, I think just showing how his father was a doctor and save lives and even, batman even mentions that mentions that in the novel itself like that's the reason why he one of the main reasons why he doesn't want to kill people his doc his dad was a doctor you know yeah so just like fear has played a huge part in the entirety of his life that as well being a doctor saving people not killing people
0: well and i think how in this book we we see what him facing death seeing death the effect that it had on him So why would he want to be the one who causes death like that? That's just something channeled deep in uh, the mind of Bruce Wayne that he just does not want. And yeah, I do love the part also where Bruce laughs in the face of Batman and he just says, this is crazy.
1: And you can see that's when he says the potato thing.
0: Yeah. That's when he says the potato thing. You got it. (laughs) And Batman's getting pissed. And then Batman comes back. with kind of making fun of him of like of what your so-called life and then we get these great quick panels of these kind of people that bruce wayne encounters and it's like that's true like that's what i mean like that's another part that cook did really well of like we're seeing what bruce wayne's his we're just seeing this is his life and it is kind of like yeah quote unquote your so-called life like this this isn't that great of an existence and so not authentic Though we love Bruce Wayne and Batman, it's like we tune in to watch him kind of go through hell. Like he never gets he never gets a really happy ending. He doesn't get to have such a great life as Bruce Wayne. Batman's always like he's going through shit himself. And that's what
1: makes him so relatable too, you know? Like he's he's just some really deep down, he's just a normal guy. Like, yeah, he was a rich kid and his parents were killed, but ultimately a lot of the problems inherently are kind of similar to what most people go through. And mm-hmm. That's why he's so relevant today, and he always will be.
0: I like how he brings Two-Face into the fold as well.
1: Yeah, I like how he blends in a lot of, like, Year One and Long Halloween. They're kind of, you know, like, they're part, they're canon, Mm -hmm. but he doesn't, like, only if you know, you know, you know. It's just not like you have to read the Long Halloween. You have to read Year One. You have to read this. I love that phrasing.
0: Only if you know, you know, you know?
1: yeah (laughs) only if you you know you
0: know you know but but i know i'm gonna make a t-shirt of that (laughs) only if you know you know yeah
1: that's what it is and i just like those little (laughs) references to the other very famous batman stories that it doesn't really matter that much if you know but if you know you know (laughs) know? i love it
0: (laughs) uh i think that so what cook accomplishes through like A lot of this is not um, taking our hand and all right, this part, this is what we're talking about. Do you understand? All right, here we go to the next panel. It's almost that, that impressive juggle of juggling these words while we're looking at something else, but we're figuring out how they're connected. He speaks in, in a subtle way to what we're seeing And there's such a like we just know that there's such a core point here that we're kind of uh, figuring out for ourselves. We're connecting. We're making the connections ourselves. Does that make sense?
1: Yes. Okay. Yeah.
0: Maybe I'm trying to act smart now. I don't know.
1: No, I don't think so. uh... I think anyone could really just pick up and read this. Like, Mm -hmm. I think my girlfriend could read this. She knows everyone mostly knows Batman. He was a rich kid. His parents were killed, blah, blah, blah. And that's why he's Batman. I think she could read this and get some out of it and figure a lot of it out, you know? You know, I know, <laughs> I, I know, I know what you're saying. That time you... it was on purpose. That time, it was on <laughs> that purpose. time was on promise. purpose. I promise.
0: Uh, I had a question for you, um, not a wrap-up question, but just a, a general. Okay. What do you think? So, with this story obviously standing out and it's so beloved, and we said with the psychosis and stuff, but like almost what specifically? why does this of Batman's internal struggle right here? Why does that work so well? We pick up Batman for the action. People love Batman kicking ass. We see his rogues gallery. We see the Batmobile, um, two faces goons and his vehicles and stuff and whatever. Batman gets out of this stick- sticky yeah. situation. In a way, this is such a small scale story. Why is Batman's... uh? internal struggle why is that so uh magnetic here that's a
1: great question and of course we come to batman for the theatrics a guy in a yeah. bat costume the villains um just the aesthetics of everything Batman, got gotham city mm-hmm. um, there's so many reasons why we continue to come back and like you said with the psychosis of batman and, and his psyche it's just it's so relatable. Like Batman, like I said, Batman's always relatable because he is just a human. And I think a lot of people or most people, I would say, uh, struggle with something mentally all the time. I know my, myself, I deal with like levels of anxiety that that's not like too terribly bad. But you could see that I can see that reflected in Batman and mm-hmm. even someone who's the apex of a human being. That's what Batman is. He's trained his whole life. He's went and got, uh, traveled the world, gained all levels of perspective of life. And that kind of hits home with me as well because when I joined the military, I left and I went to England and I've been to Africa and I've traveled and seen perspectives. I have different perspectives on life now and people that, uh, not that I had opinions of before, I had no opinions of, and I've met people from different cultures. And well, now I can understand this. But even when I come back home, like I still am lacking perspective in a way on certain things always. And it's just good to recognize those kind of biases. But even with Batman at the beginning, like talking about Buster, Buster Scruggs, the most henchman name ever, how he's just a low life. Uh, he's a stink, a stench on the city. He's done nothing. And you find out he has a family. Yeah. And obviously I think he handled uh, the family matter in a horrible way, but he did what he thought was best. And that was another uh, note on some of the mental health issues there. And then it's just, I don't know, just overall, I just think you've, we've never seen Batman struggle hard mentally before it's always been something physical like oh we can't beat bane because or batman nightfall where bane breaks his back like bane is just too he's too strong for batman and Mm -hmm. and bane was very intelligent in that but it was mostly i would say just physical strength like bane was just a better fighter and that's why he beat batman and batman had to come back with a suit and everything not to dive too far into nightfall but it's it's the story's not even really about anything it's just batman in the Batcave, one bad experience one guy dying which Batman men sees people die all the time mm-hmm. but for some reason this one really triggered and i think a trigger is kind of a theme as well like this death triggered this uh split personality psychosis the death earlier with um the first death he saw in his life with his father triggered um that initial fear that he carried with him his whole life and then obviously the trigger that that uh was initiated that or pulled to kill his parents Mm-hmm. um and that's kind of like a recurring also recurring theme there's a lot of subtleties i think i don't know if we're just looking too far into it but i, I really it's really easy to see that cook understood this character yeah and the more you know you know <laughs> i know and i i just think it's just relatable <laughs> overall i just think it's a very relatable i think everyone struggles with something mentally and it's cool to see that that even batman can struggle I think that that's why that last part, <clears throat> especially of,
0: I mean, not to get too philosophical or whatever, but it's almost like everybody's got, we've got the, we've all got a big bad Harv, and yeah. to relate it to Harvey Dead. and it, but it's just keeping that suppressed. Of and sometimes, of course, you want to, you would love to flash out and backhand somebody that cuts you off or, um, somebody who dinged your car or something. You know, but you know that like once you do that, you're crossing a line that you kind of can't go back on um, and hold yourself in check. And this is a great discussion on that. And the, where we end up is basically how does Batman settle this, ba- this Bruce? How does he settle this conversation with Batman? How does he basically make him go away? And it's for that understanding of we cannot cross the line. We need to be a symbol of hope. And Batman says, OK, got it. And that. That's the check that it's just so funny because you talk about it's like two different people are having this conversation really it's just Bruce and Bruce just he needs to find a way to understand of. I'm letting the fear take over I need to put it in check I need to be hope hopeful I need to bring hope to Gotham.
1: Exactly. I'm sorry I laughed a little bit there. I was just, I was, no. you had a really good point. Um, When you said Bruce is just ultimately talking to himself. I was just imagining Alfred like walking down the steps, bringing him food. and He just kind of standing there the entire time while Bruce is just screaming at himself, just like watching <laughs> it happen the entire time.
0: Or like but, the panel, um, the panel where Batman flicks Bruce across the cave and he smashes into things, and Alfred sees Bruce running into the by himself. <laughs> <laughs> like when you used to play by yourself as a kid, and like, yeah. ah, and you fall down, or, ah, and then you jump into something else. And Alfred's like, okay, um, yeah, yeah,
1: okay, I'm gonna go back upstairs. Yep,
0: back upstairs, I'm sure a room <laughs> needs mopped or something. I'll, I'll take care of it. Uh, yeah, ending it on the note after that understanding is Joker. <laughs> yet again. So Buster was was not wrong. Joker's free. Yeah. He's he's taken the patrons of a popular night spot hostage. And Batman is coming in and we don't even see the end of that because we don't need to. Yeah. We we're now back it's come full circle. Uh initially what started this chain of events was a Joker incident and now we're ending at a Joker incident except you see it with, I mean, Bullock's there, Gordon's there, GCPD. There is like a, oh, Hugh, Batman's coming. So it ends on an optimistic note, on a high note, and and yeah. Batman's gone through all this this internal mess that he had that, like now he's coming to save the day. So the whole thing was not for, it wasn't for nothing.
1: Yeah, I love how when eventually him and Batman settle on agreeing to meet in the middle, in a sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when he blows up, a pitcher float falls down. You mm-hmm. see him catch it. And then you flip to the next panel or the next page and it talks about Commissioner Gordon. No, oh, Batman, he's not gonna come. I don't think he's coming. Blah, blah, blah. And then a, a just a low life, or not low life, a lower cop. He's like, oh, he's on the he's on the line. And then he runs over there. He's like, Oh, I thought you weren't gonna come. He's like, Oh, I was gonna come, Commissioner, I was held up with something. And he's like, What are you talking about? He's like, Don't worry about it. And then you see him flip to the the pitcher. Yeah. I'm on my way. It's so if, cool. I if, love that ending.
0: Yeah. If Cook was just like, I written in there when when uh when Gordon said, I'm not sure I follow. I initially, instead of Nevermind Commissioner, I had to say, none of your damn business, Jim. And then <laughs> turned around and I just said, Screw it, save him yourself. But I thought that wasn't as good of an ending. I mean, that'd have been
1: Yeah, that was his first draft. And he's okay. like, ah, DC didn't approve.
0: Think, yeah, DC didn't approve, but I think it hit the right notes. But I think this works. Uh, just as well. But that, that last panel too of the Batmobile lit up in the moon and stuff. I think that looks, that looks great. It's
1: awesome. You know, most Batman stories need that or comic stories need that, that ending final confrontation with the villain. Yep. You know, like I think most people would probably, or writers would have written it out until Batman fights the Joker. and then somehow would have tied that into the story, but Mm -hmm. I love how cook just ends it with him going to fight the Joker. That's just how he ends it right there. I think it's beautiful.
0: We've seen how many Batman versus Joker battles. That we just let it play out in our head. Batman yeah. went in there, he kicked the door down, and beat the shit out of the Joker. Nobody harmed, all good. That's how it yeah. happened in my in my way. So before we we get to the the wrap up questions, I haven't really commented on the look of this book. Okay, I for obvious reasons it's a shame that uh, Darwin Cook was gone too soon. I loved and still love his style yeah overall and everything he's got a great series that he did called of uh parker that is fantastic um i I saw that
1: adapted from like older books right yes
0: yep um i highly recommend anybody to track that down because those are uh written and illustrated by cook and they're fantastic but definitely here you see the influence of max fleischer and batman the animated series on his style and I think anything that reminds us of Batman, the animated series, you're going to get people to flock toward it because it's so yeah. beloved and it left such a mark on, uh, the, the, on Batman's history. That's and my Batman.
1: Honestly, that's yeah. your Batman. That's I grew up with that. So that's just, that's my Batman. I just yeah. feel
0: like that's majority of us like nerds. That's their Batman is the animated yeah. series. Cause they just hit every note. So perfect and timeless. I just see it here, and it's a sh- it's a shame we didn't get more solo Batman stories by Cook, was it ultimately is. what I wanted to say, because this was his first freaking DC work. His first, yeah. and this is how good it is, and how good it looks. And New Frontier is great, but I always, like, I'm like, oh, I, I love Batman here. I wish we could just go off with this Batman by himself for a whole 150 pages or something. I always just wanted more solo Batman work, but I love how it's it feels timeless that's a direct influence of animated series it seems timeless it could work now this was in the 70s like whatever the Batmobile is an old Batmobile but it's also like one that definitely it could work now (laughs) and like that's just the coloring the Definitely when we see outside of Wayne Manor and like the, the trees and like the woods and the path that looks very animated series. I think I just love the, and the cave, we got the T-Rex and the big penny in the cave. I just, I love the look of this book.
1: Yeah. Very, very animated series. I know he worked with them. Isn't that correct? Yeah. Yep. I did some research and uh I was a big, obviously I said, uh the animated series is like my Batman. That's like mm-hmm. my, you look up, you go Webster's dictionary and you find uh <laughs> Bruce Timms and Paul Dini's Batman in there but I was a huge fan of Batman Beyond as well which I had no idea he actually animated the the intro sequence like he did it himself like on Adobe After Effects at his home computer and it was one of the few intro sequences that was made tailored for the music normally from the research I did they make the animation and then they make the intro and then they make the music to pair with it and he did the other way around and also wow. watching that, I was hit with like a, a tidal wave of nostalgia. I haven't uh-huh. watched that show in a long time, but that intro sequence is great. I would have loved him to do Batman beyond as well. I think he would have done a cool job, like an old Batman. Like what's he going through now mentally that he can't be Batman anymore. Like that would have been cool to see.
0: Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna watch Batman. the animated series tonight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my guys, let's talk now of some favorite parts. <clears throat> okay. What, is your favorite part of batman ego
1: you know i think just hearing the word ego is a weird title for this isn't it because he's not really egotistical i don't think Mm-mm. um at all in it he's very no. um self-reflective <laughs> obviously he literally go. creates yeah. another version of himself and they have a conversation but overall my favorite thing is i've i've hit on multiple times just how deep you know, cook dies into batman psychosis so we've really at the time of was it 2000 when it came out we've never Mm -hmm. really seen anything that deep before and i just love that not only is batman limited physically and what he can do he's also limited limited mentally and it's just really and it's just not a it's not a huge grand story like batman's battling joker and two-face and everyone gets out of arkham at the same time and it's this huge chaotic fight you know which i love stories like that obviously there's nothing against that Mm -hmm. it's just cool to see you know hint to two-face the other side of the coin just a more stripped down story that's all about batman and bruce wayne like you know it's always batman detective comic batman number 157 batman number blah 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 but this one it's batman it's equally batman ego and bruce wayne ego you could have called it Either or, honestly. And uh, that's that's just what I love about it. That's my favorite part.
0: So, what about you? From when Batman shows up until he goes away, all 46 pages, since it is so back and forth between the two, all of that, that's just like your favorite.
1: Oh, okay. yeah. All I right. love that conversation. I think it's just a yeah. genius idea because I, I read that. I did a little research. He's like, I just want to do a story where Batman and Bruce Wayne talk. That's really interesting. Yep. You know, because they are different people.
0: For sure. Um, mine is a little bit more specific and a part. I, I like the Joker, not having an origin, but it also totally works at times. And I love the Joker retelling part. Okay. Yeah. Because of what it, what that brings to the story to Batman ego and how Batman is emphasizing. We created the monster like that's your arch nemesis you made him uh the guy at the beginning killed himself and his family is because of the joker you're responsible for the joker there's just a lot um that that yes it's a quick retelling of of the joker but it's it just brings a lot to it i think and uh i the visually i think it's great
1: too no yeah that yeah just to bounce off that I didn't even think about it like that like you know I think they gave that origin a Joker just oh, what's the Joker's origin oh this is what happened and mm-hmm. it, Batman was there just because it's a Batman comic but I like how he takes that origin and just fleshes it out and ties it there's so many tethers you know that mm-hmm. all connect with fear and uh, letting someone die because technically that day uh, the Joker the, his human self died and mm-hmm. he, he became a new person absolutely there's so many different split personality things here as well. Like Joker's original self, and then the Joker, Batman, Bruce Wayne, Harvey Dent, Two-Face. There's, there's a lot going like a uh, themes, the, the mm-hmm. themes of just, you know, two different, everyone is kind of two different people in a way. Your I'll true self it. and your, and your closet self.
0: As you're saying that, and you were listening up the villains and I'm like, they showed also Catwoman and it's like, Oh yeah, she's got Selena, Kyle and Catwoman, a scarecrow, yeah. scarecrow, Dr. Jonathan Crane. Hugo Strange, he kind of does a public persona and then himself. I feel like Penguin might be the only villain that is like through and through. <laughs> he is the Penguin.
1: And that's why Pete Bear loves him so much? Or... <laughs> yeah.
0: He's just like, he's just honest with who he is inside. Pete's very emotional, like that. You know, he's very, very deep. <laughs> like, that's why I love Oswald. Yeah, makes uh, sense. How about a favorite panel of the entire, of the entire book?
1: My favorite panel. So I was gonna choose the um, the the panel where Bruce Wayne's parents die, and it's the gun, and he's running up the slide mm. of the pistol. It's beautiful. Yep. It's absolutely beautiful. But if I had to pick my favorite, just panel, it's a smaller one, but it's whenever uh, Batman gives Bruce the handgun. Okay. And he said, "Well, just do it, just in me," mm-hmm. and he says, "I can't." And he unloads it. He said, "It would be," and then the next panel is shows Buster. That's my favorite by far panel on the whole slide. It just hits you so hard. And we talk about a lot where a cook takes the reader seriously. Like he understands that Batman readers are hardcore. They know what's going on just like him. He doesn't need to just tell us, you know, and yeah, the next panel says suicide, but you already, you see that. There's a reason why he shows you Buster. And I just, that's the panel that hit me the hardest for sure. And there's, there's a lot that look more beautiful and his artwork's fantastic. I just love how, and the artwork's pretty simple overall. Mm Mm-hmm. But that, I think it works in it to its um, advantage, especially with that. You just see, or it would be, and then you just see Buster, and you know that would be suicide. And I just, that's the one that really hit me the most and my favorite.
0: Very cool. What about you? Probably the very last panel of the story. I. I'm a sucker for having like a really cool image that you can create a story around. And I think if you were just presented that old school Batmobile, the moon shining behind, and you know that he's in the city, you could kind of think up anything. Um, I initially almost thought it was going to be the earlier Batmobile that he's right after Buster kills himself and he's flying through in the garbage cans, but this one's a little bit cleaner and it's got like that skyline and stuff. And I just, I really like that. It's, it's nothing too flashy, but it's just, it's just cool.
1: It is cool. It it's is cool. cool, man. It's keen.
0: It's neat. It's all, you know? all the above. Now, would you like to see this? And we'll get to the possible influence on the Batman here in a second. But would you like to see this okay. adapted uh, in animation somehow?
1: Oh, that's a hard question because initially I was like, yes. Mm-hmm. But I'd rather there be, I'd rather something just be influenced by. Mm -hmm. you know i think it would kind of be you'd have to have some voice actors that really nail the role of batman and bruce wayne or i guess it would just be one person right and they would just uh, change their voice to be batman and then be bruce wayne but i think it would be hard to nail i I think you could mess it up easily just because it's a pretty deep story um and a lot of it just hits harder i think by flipping the pages i don't know there's just something more I don't know, connected, like a human connected story with this. It's I'm I, maybe I'm wrong. I, I've been wrong before a lot in my life. So uh, <laughs> I, I would go with yes, but I would be cautious, cautiously optimistic. But there if we know. didn't get one, I, it's not like I'd ever be upset. You know, like I think we always wanted a long Halloween adaption mm-hmm. and we got one and it was great. But if we don't ever get a Batman ego uh, animation, I wouldn't be upset. Honestly, I think this is more than enough for this story.
0: Okay. I'm with you, I think, pretty much. Uh, I wouldn't want this squeezed into a 23-minute episode of a series. Uh, I yeah. think it'd miss a lot. And yet I don't know how you can flesh it out to be an hour and 10 minutes either.
1: It would take away like from the story.
0: You need something, an exciting action piece at the beginning and at the end. And as we yeah. see when we read this, we don't need those. But that's just kind of how you have to, I feel like you'd have to do that. To yeah, sell you, you, a movie.
1: they would, they would flesh out the Buster thing. And then at the end, he would go fight Joker. Yeah, for and sure. And you don't need that. It, that would, I think that would pull away from the story because that's not what kind of story this is. You know, It's
0: not Batman against Joker. That's not full on what it the story is about. And that would be the main. So maybe I'm leaning a little bit more toward no.
1: Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm with no this, and we talked about his connection with the animated series. It's almost just kind of seems like you know just a short animated episode, kind of mm-hmm. like the the Gray Ghost episode. Yep, for the animated series. So you know, Uh we can say yes. You already said you're more of like an
0: inspired by. So it was at fandom that Reeves specifically said ego. Okay, he brought up ego. Now. We don't know anything. I'm going to go ahead and say that you're not on this. You weren't on the set while they were filming the Batman. You don't know the script or anything. Okay. I don't either. So it's total guess on how you think this story could possibly what elements could Reeves have maybe seen in this to help to uh, bring into his story, to inspire his story.
1: Hmm. Great question. Um, I think we're going to see, I think just already in that trailer, you see shots of Bruce Wayne and how serious he looks mm-hmm. all the time, filled with rage. I think we're going to get a Batman film where there is no there is no mask. He is Batman all the time, even when he's Bruce Wayne. It's it's really difficult for him at this stage, early stage of his career to differentiate. Mm-hmm. He's He's just not there mentally. So I think you're going to get a Batman that's just Batman all the time. And you look at his face at the end of that trailer, how, how you could just see him, Robert Pattinson emoting so much anger and rage. And I know some people thought maybe that was what Rees meant by ego is that there's going to be like, maybe he was talking to himself. I don't think we'll see that. I think that'll be kind of hard to do. Yeah. And um, not be
0: silly or something.
1: And yeah, not be silly. It had to be CGI or something like that. Reese doesn't, you know what he's talked about. This isn't a very <laughs> CGI heavily film. Most of it's practical stunts and, um, filmed but i don't know i just think we're going to really dive it's like like what the novel did we're going to dive into batman's psychosis and he's not perfect you know physically and mentally you know so like because you know i love batman begins but he came back like in that film christian bale came back and he was already kind of a he already had it mind like made up in his mind he's going to be this kind of persona for bruce wayne like he was already kind of perfect at it to throw people off thinking that maybe he was batman then while he was batman that was his true self where I think in this one, he he'll be Batman, but maybe he's not he's not going to cross the line. I hope, I hope not. But maybe he's he's going too far. He's he's too he's acting too much out of emotion and, and rage versus this, the Batman that takes a step back to think things through logically. Mm-hmm. I think he may be doing everything based off his emotions.
0: I like what you said. Um, you think that he this movie, he's going to be Batman all the time. I like that. I think that makes, that makes a lot of sense. And for the reasons that you said, in which, yes, we only saw, you know, a two minute trailer of 25% of the movie done, um, yeah. et cetera. but that is definitely cause the element you take from ego, what, what would inspire you from ego for your movie? It's like the internal struggle of Bruce Wayne and Batman, <clears throat> what Batman's supposed to be, what he wants him to be, but maybe what Batman kind of is. Um, yeah, that'd be, that makes the most, that makes the most sense to me. I don't have anything that's more fresh than that.
1: Yeah, because you remember that um, the funeral scene Mm -hmm. where Batman or Bruce Wayne, Batman because he's Batman all the time, (gasps) saves (laughs) saves the kid, and then you just see the look on Pattinson's face. Like every scene you see is when he's Bruce, he's he's just stone cold, like just Batman. Mm -hmm. Like he might as well have the mask on, you know, like he's so mentally focused on getting the mission done and even at the beginning where he's doing detective work like in the day like he's even batman during the day he's got like eye, like just a little bit of eye black on he's got the mask uh tied around his his face you know normally he wears a mask here and up, but yeah. in the day he's wearing it here down because he's he's bruce wayne he, he just can't walk around as batman during the day but you know i i, I don't know how I, don't, nice. I can't believe i actually said it that nice i'm impressed with <laughs> myself I, I think he'll be batman all the time and maybe by the end of the film he'll or maybe in the second one he'll start. He's gonna learning, find oh. Bruce.
0: He's gonna find Bruce.
1: You know, because he's he's still learning how to be Batman. He is he he doesn't know he needs to be Bruce Wayne. I think he <sighs> thinks that he doesn't need to be Bruce Wayne. I'm Batman. That's who I am. I don't need to be Bruce Wayne. And then maybe with Alfred and other characters, he learns like you ha- you're the you carry the Wayne name. You have to do something with that. You yeah. know, you can help the city in both ways. You don't just have to be Batman. And maybe that's part of the film i swear i wasn't at the, the filming or i wasn't with matt Reeves when he was helping write the script this is all just speculation i've spent a lot of time thinking N- about the next
0: trailer we get um, they're gonna be like the title has changed it's now the batman finding bruce <laughs> 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 finding Bruce. the next one the batman found bruce and i don't, I don't really know cool. where the third yeah.
1: one would be you know like every superhero film you you always see them try to figure out how to be the hero they're learning to be captain america learning to be this it, it's cool like this one it, it would be him finding bruce would be more important than him actually yeah. finding batman yeah, yeah. i know <laughs> you know i've
0: read it you know you know uh what what would you say sir would be your your final thoughts on batman ego
1: i loved it i actually right. loved it i am happy that matt Rees chose this as one of the influences on his film it's going to be a different take uh for live action that we've ever seen with batman but just sticking back with the topic um I, it's a classic it's an i think if you're any batman fan you haven't read it you're missing out it's a really quick read um so there's there's no reason not to dive into batman ego you know it's a very different approach to something that
0: now many of us know and i think because like batman begins really helped bring that to the, the forefront less they were a little less subtle about it than the animated series i think it's always been there for sure. Batman Begins and yeah. Mainstream brought it of public and private right? Bruce are different and Batman's different. So he's like got like three personalities and this story really it kind of just focuses on two personalities, but it does it really well. It makes a conversation of a man against himself very, very interesting and hints on so much of Batman's history in the process. It's never cheesy, never overdone it's always intelligent and effective so i just think it's a very very good uh batman story it yeah. was not in my top 10 when we did the top 10 uh the top 10 episode but i mean you're talking about thousands of batman stories
1: yeah it's uh, you know if it doesn't make your top you 10 that's really not that big of a deal it's top so 20 so there we go it's top okay. 20
0: for sure i don't know the placement whether it would be 11 or 19 but it's definitely a top 20 so uh yeah. Micah, thanks for coming on. Thank you for having good. me. Good discussion. Uh, if you would like to plug anything, plug away.
1: Okay. Um, if you want to hear more of what I have to say, if for some reason I helped entertain you uh, <laughs> during the remainder or the entirety of this show, you can follow me on Twitter at the colon A. Uh, I'm also on YouTube, which is my main channel, at Colon A Broadcasting. That's C-O-L-O-L-E. N e h. I know it's kind of hard to spell i think i actually just kind of spelled it wrong but whatever just uh (laughs) google it i'm on my batman on film web uh you can find me on the batman on film website anyway so yeah
0: fantastic great look them up i'll tag you also when this episode drops um tweet it out and stuff and so there you go so just go to twitter my twitter at the batman bc it's also on Instagram at the Batman BC. You can also go to Batmanonfilm.com on and You can see my latest write-ups and reviews and postings and everything. And probably something about the long Halloween. Cause I can't shut up about the <laughs> movie or the, the book or the most recently announced new special. Hallelujah. Maybe that can be on colony broadcasting. You know what I'm saying? Review Maybe. that book. The Maybe. day release. Um, <laughs> you can also write into the show for questions or comments. Um, uh, maybe some concerns i don't know whatever you want or just anything about batman at the batmanbc at gmail.com. if you'd like to support the show you can uh buy go to the shop on tpublic.com where there's t-shirts hoodies stickers magnets um flags onesies for your little babies because they need to be well read with batman material or if you'd like to support the show and don't want to spend any money at all that is 100 percent a-okay you can just rate and review the show on apple Podcasts. the link To the rate and review page is in the description of this episode. The more reviews we get, the more it helps spread the word. And as we all know, the word is panic. So, for Micah, I am Ryan. And until next time, read more Batman comics.